1: All right, folks. Welcome back to the Last Mountless Wire Football Podcast. Jeremy Moss here. Matt Ketterly. We're talking Matt, Hawaii. Did I say it? Hawaii? The proper way? Uh,
0: yeah, uh, I think that's the proper way to say it.
1: Especially like a Polynesian person or Hawaiian, they always go Hawaii. So there you go, Hawaii. Yeah,
0: and especially if you if you want to get real particular, you got to have the apostrophe in there as yeah, well.
1: Yeah. We're talking Hawaii Warriors football, obviously. As we get to, we're not going to say Hawaii every time. We'll say Hawaii or Nick Rolovich or Cole McDonald. This is our second last preview. Thank you to our Boise writer. Is it a thanks to Raj? To uh, wanted to say he, in his words, save the best for last.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair to give him credit.
1: I also like your retort to maybe not get used to being runner up, but that didn't work as well.
0: <laughs> nah,
1: can't win them all, right?
0: Well, they were they were runner up in the poll, which is why Hawaii's going first. So. Sure.
1: Well, there's only two people. Maybe it's as well. all in how you interpret it. Exactly. So we are. We have two away. Hawaii plays a week zero game versus Arizona, and we're gonna blast through this bad boy because we gotta get going. And um, but really quick, there's only one correct answer to who you invite to your tailgate. Is correctly Nick Rolovich as a head coach, right? Yes. Okay. Those who are saying Brian Harson, give me a break. Like I said, he'd no. he would talk to you, then block you on Twitter or something something weirder. So. <laughs> Just saying. How do you block somebody a person? Just uh, do you need a restraining order? Is that what the real-life uh, purpose is of that? <laughs> Change it uh, <the> around. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. That's probably what it is. All right, let's get – We need, like I said we can't banter. We need to get going here. So, sorry, Hawaii fans. I going to banter about random stuff. But here's the Warriors football program. You know what the, the number one thing for me is for them this year? What's that? Their entire coaching staff is back. No changes. Everybody's there. Continuity. Year two of the run and shoot. It's going to be – Emoji fire, I'm going to say.
0: So you're you're feeling optimistic
1: then? More than our buddy Rajas, who I keep bringing up, but yeah. Because he's like, uh, five wins. I'm like, well, hold on there, buddy. We'll see.
0: You know what? And I think that this is, I think maybe Bill Connolly put it best in his preview, which he put back out in April. Hawaii strikes me more than any other team in the conference, in the conference as being like the champions of chaos. Mm-hmm you could You could see almost any scenario playing out from yeah. you know winning a division title to stealing a conference crown to going three and eight just because there's they have a lot of things going for them, but they have you know a lot of key pieces from last year's successes that they're gonna have to replace, and they were a little bit lucky last year too, and just in the fact that they were four and one in games that were decided by eight points or fewer. So that's a difficult thing to replicate from year to year, but because they have so many contributors coming back, even despite the the a few significant losses
1: yeah, I would it's say not,
0: it's not going to take much to see the ceiling, but it also doesn't take much to see them stall out or even take a step backwards either
1: i I can just i think their their floor is much higher than three and nine or three, yeah for three whatever it may be three and ten or four and nine not to say like a bowl game game's guaranteed, but I think they'll be. I think they'll be bad. Like, if the bottom falls out, it won't be like a terrible, terrible season. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be do well enough what they can do. I know it's, you look at last year, the first half, six and one. Second half, they were what, five, uh, not five. We had to win one game. We're one and five the rest of the way, I think, of my math. No, seven, one and four, I think, whatever it was. 13 yeah, games. they
0: lost four in a row down the stretch, and that was really when, you know, after the Wyoming game, which they won, by the way. You know, things got a little more difficult. They lost four yeah. in a row to BYU, Nevada, Fresno
1: State, and Utah State. Which were pretty good teams they lost to, essentially. Yeah. All bowl teams. And,
0: and you know, there were, it was really a stretch where not only the offense was struggling for for several reasons, which we'll get to in a moment, but the defense really fell off a cliff at that point, too. You know, in the in the stretch that they had, you know, especially after their opening couple of weeks against Colorado State and Navy, if you look at Bill Connolly's stat profiles, you know, I've mentioned percentile performance before. And the defense actually played pretty well for most of the first half of the year. They had, you know, four games where they were above 50%, and they had two of them, you know, home versus Duquesne and home versus Wyoming, where they were at 85%. But it was that month of October that really kind of, bit them you know and where they have four straight defensive performances in a row underneath the 10th percentile so again this seems like there's a lot of variation at play but maybe that's a good way to start talking about the offense which by and large last year led the way
1: yeah that's the case and also remember cole mcdonald wasn't healthy the whole year yeah so there's that and where are was it um oh shoot what's the freshman um Chevin Cordero. Yeah, Chevin I want to say like Cordaro. I'm like, I knew it was halfway there. And when he came well, in, he, he played reasonably there anymore, well. But
0: he did play pretty well off the bench last year.
1: Yeah, and so I don't know if that was an injury thing. Because that was my one concern to see really the starter. But then we find out it was an injury thing for McDonald. Partially why he may have not play, finished out all those games. Mm-hmm. But what I like, again, we go to the offense, run and shoot. It worked extremely well. Caught off guard. They went it on fourth down more often than they did. For my liking, maybe a touch, a, a bit aggressive for Rolovich. Maybe hold it back a tiny bit going for those fourth and twos at your own 25 yard line perhaps maybe not go for those even though statistically and probability it's a better chance to make it than punting and giving the ball away but sometimes it's like just just give it up for one more day but See, I, I don't
0: know that I would disagree with I don't know that I would agree with that just because when you look at what they actually did on fourth downs last year they were good the only team in the conference that was that had more fourth down attempts was Air Force you know they they had 38 attempts on fourth down but they were actually right around 58% converting those So it was a little bit better than 50-50 and i think that you know shying away from aggressiveness is you know one of the things that gets a lot of coaches mm-hmm. in trouble yeah. so i take the opposite tack you know a lot of the research suggests that coaches should be more aggressive mm-hmm. you know if the you know, if they can't get it on third down which that was something that Hawaii struggled with last year. They, they were 10th so in to conference in third down conversion. They only converted thirty-three percent of their opportunities. So what what does the season look like if they choose to punt, you know, half as often as they chose to go for it on fourth down? All of a sudden you're taking a lot of potential points off the board. So sure. this the pedal to the metal kind of attitude that Rolovich had that I think fits really well with the run and shoot because you know they're going to want to throw the ball and be aggressive down the field, getting the ball to the playmakers. And with a a guy under center like Cole McDonald when he was healthy, it paid a lot of dividends.
1: Maybe for me it's just that if they're backed up deep, it's. I think the risk, it's for me. Like I I understand all the points. I agree with all of it. But I'm just saying if you're backed up deep, maybe that is a time not to go for it. But but I'm not saying do the – oh, here's a great time for a fake punt when they're sitting at the – or a fake field goal when they're sitting, like, at the 40, you know what I mean? Or it'd be, like, mm-hmm. a 60-yarder. Like, I don't know. It's just uh, – or, yeah, I mean, the opposing team's 40, not the other 40. I just think if you're, like, in the shadow of your end zone, maybe you should kick it. I don't know. But whatever. It's just my personal thought. But overall, you're correct. Maybe you just feel a position and touch for me. I want to have – for me, let's just say if you're at the 30-yard 30 30 yard line of your own, that's fine to go for. Anything for farther back, I'd probably kick the ball for the most part. Well,
0: and here's something that really jumped out to me. Um, If you go back and look at last year's numbers, there's a huge disparity in how successful Hawaii was when they were able to stay ahead of schedule. And and maybe that plays a factor into how often they went for a fourth down as well. Just percentage of first downs that came on first or second down, Hawaii was third nationally. They had 78% of the first downs they gained were picked up on first or second down. And then by contrast, if you look at their success rate on third downs, they were 128. And so I think when you have that particular kind of struggle in those situations where you need to move the chains, that's another reason why it's probably more worth it to be more aggressive.
1: Now, I agree with you. So if, we, if we're if going to be more aggressive, what or not more aggressive, but let's just say more efficient a little bit, you should to shoot and think, oh, it's all, it's all pass, 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 yes. But like, they need a good running game because McDonald, and again, like the injury thing, his running ability was limited that second half. Him running the ball was a reason the run and shoot goes, well, it's like, well, why is that the case? But they have like one back. They can do a bunch of read options, read pass options, even one back and shotgun and four wide. That's still mm-hmm. a possibility to do, and he led the team in rushing last year. But yeah, what they need is Fred that, Holley, the third, or is, Dayton Fruturo to come up and do something.
0: Yeah, and to that point, that was one of the things that you know fell off in – in an almost linear fashion sure. throughout the season, you know, and you just look at it month by month over at CFP Stats. You know, they mentioned you know in the first six games of the year, which basically you know their August games plus September, the running game was actually pretty good. It's not adjusted for sacks or anything, but they averaged four point seven yards per carry and they had eight touchdowns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the last seven games of the year, you know, and even just breaking it down by October, November, and then their bowl game they dropped from 4.7 to 3.3 3 to 2.5 to 1.8. And they only had three rushing touchdowns in the second half of the year. And two and, were McDonald's. And a lot of it fell on McDonald's, mm-hmm. you know, to try and and make things happen. He ended up as the team's leading rusher after you adjust for sacks. Yeah. You know, Fred Holly and, and Dayton Peruda were mm-hmm. fine. You know, they did combine for all, right around 900 yards or so, and they did have six touchdowns between them. And, but they just need a little more from that running game. They needed the running game to pick things up, especially when the the schedule got difficult last year. Yeah. That element of the run and shoot just kind of disappeared. And when you, and when that enables defenses to tee off on your quarterbacks, that's where you start running into problems. Like the fact that, for instance, Cole McDonald had a uh, a sack rate of 6.6%. But as a team between what he and, uh, Cordero, and Jeremy Musa, who saw a little bit of time under center. Mm-hmm. On the whole, they were 104th nationally with an 8.2% sack rate. And that's one of those things that the running game, if they could be more effective, even just maybe passing, catching passes out of the backfield, they didn't really do that much of that last year, but they had, you know, Faruda had a 90% catch rate, and Fred mm-hmm. Holly was 8 of 8 on his targets. So maybe that's another element, that another wrinkle, that they can incorporate a little more often this year to, to give the running game new looks to keep defenses off balance.
1: Yeah, and I don't recall what happened last year. Like, Fred Holley, like his first half, you mentioned the big drop off. His first three games 68 versus CSU, 82 versus Navy, 100 versus Rice, three touchdowns, and double digit carries. He only had double digit carries one time the rest of the way versus San Jose State, where he had a decent 52 yards. Wow. He had three carries, two carries, one, one, like, minus two games of a minus a negative yards with only one carry each versus Nevada and Fresno. And so. They need If they can, that can get up just a little bit more, like with if they can get, let's just say, what did they get last year between those top three guys? I'm not even including Miles Reed. We'll see what he, he does or how much he'll play. Those three guys had about almost 1,500 yards. If they can get to 2,000 combined between the three, I think that would be really good for this offense. In any combination, obviously running game more, but let's just say it's like, what, 700, 700 for the two backs and 600 for McDonald. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too far-fetched to get no, I don't think so either. And doing that with what they did offensively, a passing, I should say, should be great. And then looking at passing we'll just kind of blast through here, John Arsua is gone, which is a huge deal. He's uh, drafted by Detroit, I want to say? Did you go no, to- he went to Seattle. Oh, Seattle. So him in, uh, which will be a good opportunity to play with um, what happened to Doug Baldwin and everything. So, well, I guess not good for Baldwin, but good for Arsua, I guess, the opportunity. But one thing, looking up with the, because they're already in camp right now. They have the week zero game. They've already done about a week's worth of practice. Um, I'm looking over at a guy who does really good. It was Sai Cy over at the Hawaii World World. Geez, Hawaii Warrior World. I got it there. It's like the uh, rural juror from 30 Rock, if you remember that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Say that 10 times fast. Um, so looking at, like, um, they're saying the slot back Lincoln Victor reminds him of John Osura, which if he's anywhere close, that's a pretty big deal, right? Because <laughs> Osura was amazing.
0: I mean, the nice thing about a run-and-shoot offense is that you have a ton of options. Mm-hmm. And even though losing Ursua is going to be significant, they're still bringing back both Cedric Bird and JoJo Ward. Could be
1: the two yeah. best receivers in the conference. Could be. They very
0: well could be, and you know between the two of them, they still averaged, you know, uh, well Ward averaged seventeen yards a catch. Cedric Bird had a catch rate of sixty-seven percent, and they combined for about eighteen hundred yards between them. So while they have a lot of targets to replace, they. Got guys who could potentially step up into that slot-back role, and maybe if they don't reach Ursua's exact bar, if they can have...
1: Combination. You
0: know, if they can get two guys to, to do what Ursua did last year with, like, 80 or 90 targets, I'm sure they're going to be happy with that. And maybe that's a guy like Malky Stovall who transferred from Cal mm-hmm. and he's you know, stepping into the lineup. Maybe it's a, a returner like Jason Matthews Sharch who showed pretty well in limited playing time last year. He only had nine catches, but he did have 152 mm-hmm. yards and a score. Um maybe it's a Juco guy like Jared Smart, who's gotten a lot of uh positive looks from uh that's the nice thing about this particular podcast is Hawaii's in fall camp already. Now.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's you know the early returns are that he's looking pretty promising. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a guy like Kumoku Noah who didn't really see a lot of playing time last year, but did see playing time in 2017. I think it's safe to say that somebody is going to step up
1: options. Yes,
0: <laughs> but the, but the big question is who and how much.
1: I, I think it's obvious Bird and Ward are going to be the two guys who step up. Like they combined, like said for sixteen, their two numbers were slightly above or one number. <laughs> yeah. And So, I guess one thing we want to see is maybe uh, Ward having a better catch rate than fifty percent. That's not mm-hmm. ideal. Just by having what nine TDs, eight sixty-five yards, and fifty catches. If those two guys like, why can't those two guys combine for like, one fifty? I don't think that's that's unreasonable. And then somebody else step up, come down the back way. And like you mentioned as well, if they get the running game involved, and maybe like Holly and Furtura get, I don't know, fifty combined catches just to mix it up. This unit, even losing the best point receiver, probably in the conference or close to it last year, they're going to be fine. They're going to be. I think they'll be as good as last year. And so this running shoe, like everything's there. Coaches are back running games back. Quarterback is there. Look at the offensive line. They bring back every significant offensive line starter. Like they bring back four guys, five guys who have double digit career starts.
0: And to me, that's the one thing that makes the offense work more than anything else is the fact that you know their offensive line is deep and it is now very experienced. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of respects it's young and talented. And you know, even though I mentioned the fact that they had a fairly high sack rate last year, that's one of those things that can be improved upon with more experience. Mm-hmm. You know, Solo Vipula was a, was a true freshman, started all 14 games. He was an honorable mention. Pretty good. You know, J.R. Hensley was one of the best pass-blocking guards in the conference. And just as a unit, if I remember correctly, according to Pro Football Focus, the only lion that was better at pass-blocking than Hawaii was Utah State. Mm-hmm. And... You know, maybe you can say that there's a little bit of concern because there was some news at a camp today that Cole Lavao is going to miss at least a little bit of uh, fall camp. I don't think it's meant to be, you know, totally significant. But that's one of those things to keep an eye on is, you know, you look at the starts that they had last year, and, you know, they had four guys start all 14 games. Um, so if that depth gets challenged a little bit in, in, in a way that we didn't really see last year, it's going to be incumbent on the guys... Elsewhere on the 2D to really step up, you know, maybe they move Laval. Um, I'm trying to remember <laughs> because there was some switching going on last year. I know Laval started at right tackle and ended the year at center. You know, maybe they move Joy Newuano Kiki. I hope I said that correctly. <laughs> Good try. You know, back in the lineup temporarily. <laughs> you know, exactly. maybe a guy like Emil Graves or Gene Pryor. You know, they've been in the program for a while. They might be able to step up or something like that. So that's something to keep an eye on but maybe more so than than McDonald or the receiving core. If not necessarily this year, I feel like the ceiling for these guys going forward is extremely high.
1: I agree. Yeah. It's like you mentioned you know, a couple sophomore, junior, that even a backup beyond them, assuming like who have started last year is more likely going to start again. They have upperclassmen as well back there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mentioned Vupulu. I did not mention Manning, who was the, the other true freshman on the line to start all 14 games. And I'm I'm pretty sure Hawaii was the only team in the country last year that had a true freshman start every game. I know for a fact that they were 2 of 4, if I remember correctly, just period,
1: mm-hmm.
0: across the FBS.
1: One thing I need to check on here, I'm just looking through, Um, somebody mentioned, uh, this is not for sure now, I'll have to maybe go listen to their podcast or their show, Bobby Curran, they're saying Cole McDonald's injured. Is he really? Well, I'm looking here like on some of the comments on the Hawaii World World, which... It's comments of guys, but this ain't on fourteen twenty AM. Bobby Curran shows reporting McDonald is injured, but we don't know. I'm looking through and kind of going through other thing else. So. Oh, never mind. I apologize. That was Lavelle. Jeez, I didn't scroll down far enough. Never mind. You That's were correct. Gonna say. It just said <laughs> McDonald. I scrolled down one more and it said I was looking up the Lavelle thing you mentioned. I'm like, no clarification. Cole Lavelle. Never mind. Scratch that. I did not read properly. But um let's carry on. So here's the thing, like. The most important thing for a team, basically, is the offensive line. In my opinion, they're almost the most important thing. If they can improve the sack rate and the run and shoot offense, they're going to pass a lot. If they get an extra couple sacks, it's or a lot TFLs or something against them. Not the end of the world for how they the style of play they go with. Still mm-hmm. not what you want, but if they if they're average, like if you break it down like an actual percentage or a per game type deal or per play, if it goes that deep. It's okay, they'll be fine. But if they get a couple here or there, it's not going to be the end of the world. But the experience at every position, they're all back. Like that's why I hear people say, "Oh, they might win four or five, maybe six games." Like, no, their offense. Like, I don't think it's far fetched for me to say they're this very well could be the best offense in the conference, and not even close. Look it's what they did well the first half be. of last yeah. year, right? Like, I don't think it's far fetched to say, like last year, was a reason when Cole McDonald, our midseason player of the year, they're six and one. Yeah, schedule was fairly soft. But they were ter- it wasn't that they were just doing well on offense they were doing extremely well and basically matching Utah State last year for when you compare the two those half the season for the best games each team played.
0: Yeah, I mean just by looking at S P Plus last year they finished 63rd on offense and they're projected this year to be 58th. Seems low to me, and that might be a
1: touch low. Yeah. So I, I I'm just I'm hype I'm hyped in Hawaii like basically they're my Air Force of the West Division I'll say maybe. <laughs> No, I mean, I think that's
0: a fair assessment.
1: for like overall. So it's good okay. to defense really quick when a blast blaster here. So defense is an issue for Hawaii. the The big loss there is obviously uh, Jaleni Tavai's with the Lions, who apparently is doing quite well in camp right now. Was a sucker. who knew? We knew. Hey, hey, hey! I'm just saying. We we know. I'm it. just saying. We knew. We people, pay people pay because to us. we're we're
0: the people who stay up until midnight and one a.m. watching Hawaii games. You, you, and and you don't want to fault people in Detroit for not doing that. But you guys got a ball out on your hands out there.
1: Yeah. However, okay, I get it. No, it makes sense. Like, if you're getting Hawaii guys, like, especially defenders, like, what did they do? That? I just saw Cole McDonald. I heard of him. The guy being uh, in the uh, fake outfit for somebody trying to track on that one game. But if, if you don't know him, it's fine. Because if you're a casual NFL fan or even a diehard NFL fan, you don't know every guy getting picked. And part of it was, he was, not many people even had him in top 100. But mm-hmm. he's gone, which is a big deal. Those Zen, Zen Choi, their top defensive lineman last year who led the team, or led that position in, like, tackles and TFLs, or almost TFLs and stuff. But one guy, you know what's going to be really good? Kamina Padaleo. Is that correct, I see it? Padaleo? Kaimena? Padaleo. yeah, Kamea?
0: Yeah. Oh, there's an N in there. I think you're forgetting an N in there.
1: Oh, I thought you said Kaimena. No, yeah, Kaimena. Uh, Kaimena, yeah. Kaimena. Jeez, sorry. I should stop
0: talking. (laughs) It's okay. We were were ready for this.
1: It's a Hawaiian team. Even though I should know this for... For the BYU teams I talk about with all the consonants and every single... Or excuse me, the apostrophes and every single vowel but one. Because I should know by now, when you look at a name that's a Hawaiian, Polynesian, you say every single vowel, essentially, in the name.
0: I spent a lot of time looking at the pronunciation guide and the media guide. I'm not going to lie. Do they have
1: an audio version of that for Hawaii? Because they should. Oh, man, that would be amazing. There are some teams that do that. So that's a, that's a good tip for you out there, in, uh, out there in Hawaii land. So, but he might honestly be their best defender up front. And they bring most of the guys back. So losing, just like Zeno, is not that big a deal. And they bring back upperclassmen. And I think overall the defense, I think the offense, not that they burned them ever, but with the offense scoring so many points like they did last year, if, if we expect that to be the same, the defense doesn't have to be perfect. They just need to be, a real, honestly, hold teams to t- about 20 points or less, and you'll be fine in most games. Maybe Mm -hmm. twenty, maybe even 28, because if your offense is as good as I think it is, your defense has room for margin of error to not mess up but have a bad game and still be fine and win. No, I totally get that. Because last year they gave up 35 a game, which is way too much. If they can get to, like, 25 a game, be middle, which was Air Force gave up, 25 a game, that could be an extra win or two. And so it's like they have a couple players back, like you mentioned, but they don't have to be amazing, basically just be average overall and that will be good enough to get this team to contend for the West.
0: And, I mean, this might be a critical year, especially for the guys up front, because, I mean, you mentioned losing Choi and losing but Pretty much every other contributor, you know, Padello included, Mm -hmm. is coming back. And so I think that there are pretty high expectations for some of these guys to take another step forward and contribute. You know, I'm talking about guys like Samiula Akateu. Who, you know he, he did have three sacks and five tackles for loss last year, but he might you know need to take another step forward to match what Choi was able to do last year. And then you've got a young guy in the middle of the defense, Blessman Ta'ala, who started all 14 games, and he had three and a half tackles for loss himself. You know, maybe he's in line to take another step forward as well. I think it may be worth noting that he only allowed 2.4 yards per play, which is pretty good for a freshman mm-hmm. right in the heart of the defense. And, you know, even the other guys who might be in that rotation, guys like Manley Williams, Azia Saeed, and all these guys who saw playing time last year, even if they weren't starting all the games, the only guys who aren't seniors on that front are Ta'ala and Derek Thomas. So it's a pretty critical year, and I think it has to start up front, especially when you look at the sack rate that the defense was able to put forth last year. They were only—actually, they were 34th in sack rate. I was looking at stuff, right? My apologies. You know, that was one thing that really troubled them throughout the year was their ability to defend against the run. They were 102nd by stuff rate, which means they probably weren't getting as many tackles for loss as they could have. They were also 108th in opportunity rate, which meant that opposing offensive linemen were able to do their job and get their runners at least five yards. So that's one of those critical areas that the defense can improve upon. And maybe it'll help that they have, even despite Tavai's absence, a pretty good pair or trio of linebackers coming back who, again, if they can take another step forward, they could be pretty good too in their own right. And I'm talking about guys like Solomon Matotia, Pene Pivihi, who uh, who stepped in the lineup to to replace Davai when he was injured later in the year, and Jeremiah Pritchard, who's coming back from injury. Mm -hmm.
1: And really, I guess the one area I'm concerned about is they didn't get many interceptions last year. That's true. That might be their biggest thing defensively. They bring back their entire second or their top basically four or five guys. And what we got to look at is Mint Ferris, pretty good name. He had a lot of PBU, so if he can keep that going. But picks, interceptions, is what they really need to. They only had four in the secondary all year, and they had zero from the linebackers and one from their defensive line. That's only, what, six two, or five? They need to get – I don't care who it comes from. Likely the secondary is what you want, but that's the one area where if they get some picks and have a better turnover margin, that's the, probably the biggest area they can improve upon on defense, I think.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, the secondary two also has a lot of guys coming back. Mm-hmm. But it might be some of the new arrivals who make the biggest difference. One guy I think that a lot of people have their eye on is a, another Juco guy in Cortez Davis. Who is, yeah, he's another one of those guys who's made a really strong early impression at camp, uh, as well as you know maybe true freshmen like Tiger Peterson, which, by the way, that's a great name. That is. Or you know someone like Trayvon Killins, you know stepping in, I think locking down that other cornerback spot is going to be really critical, and especially if, if Ferris can turn some of those passes defended into interceptions in, in twenty nineteen, that might be all the difference that Hawaii really needs.
1: That's true. All right, so special teams really quick. What do we got there? Anything to they bring back most guys there as well? Punter, kickoff guy, place kicker, senior. That's a big deal. Ryan Mescal who missed only one. One short field goal, three overall total. Um, he's just get the better uh, on a return he, He's game,
0: right? the Lou Groza watch list guy. We weren't expecting. Oh,
1: there we go. That's right. So, hey, what's Mountain West has some good kickers. Cooper Roth. The uh, I'm gonna I forget the Utah State guy's name, but he's really good. Uh, Dominic Everly. Yeah, Dominic Everly. Apologize, to Aggies fans. There, Aggies all the way. Hashtag. There you go. Make up for it. Um, the return game could be a touch better on punt, but they bring all these guys back. Cedric Bird. Maybe he'll get a few more attempts, which could be interesting to see what he does depending on his offensive load is, but. Special teams looks to be they're fine, right? They're good to go. Above average kicking, place kicking, obviously. Yeah, I obviously. mean, I think
0: Justice Algaffa could be one of those guys that, you know, even if he's not on the same level as someone like a Savon Scarver or an Elijah Lilly, mm-hmm. you know, he was fine last year. Twenty doing plus Doing double duty return. on kicks and punts. Yeah, but that might be one of those things that you know, if he can improve just a little bit. You know, for as efficient as the offense was last year, it's maybe worth noting that they were only ninety-first nationally in the average starting field position. Yeah. Well, so, so if that can if that can get bumped up even just to the national average, that might be one of those real subtle things that can make a huge difference in the long run.
1: For sure. All right, let's take a quick uh, break and we'll come back and talk schedules. Schedules. All right, you ready to blast through this, Matt? We got thirteen games. We gotta be quick, right? Yeah, let's do it. So here's what we got: Week zero game applause thank you thank you Arizona in Honolulu, Hawaii, Aloha Stadium. It's not the Super late kickoff, so here's a chance. If you're week 1 at zero and not watching this game, Miami Florida, I think will be over by this point. I am pretty sure cuz it's not going to start at 10:30 Eastern. This is uh what 7:30 Pacific, what's that 5:30 Hawaii time. So it's not it's late but not super late. You better be watching this game. And
0: we have been waiting all
1: off season for
0: this. You yeah, better watch this game. You better game. watch.
1: You got here I love this game. I love I like Arizona more than some people do just because Kevin Sumlin's did good things at Houston. Khalil Tate, who's shown flashes of being extremely good the past couple of years and then also extremely not so good. This is going to be a shootout guaranteed. I think it'll be over under probably say like at 60, take the over. Yeah. Easily. It might be 65. Take the over in
0: this game. And not, and it's, you know, you're more interested in Khalil Tate it seems. Yeah. I'm more interested in how this Hawaii team is going to stop JJ Taylor.
1: That's That's a big deal.
0: Who was very quietly had over 1,400 yards and 5.6 yards per carry last year. He's maybe, I don't know, I can't think of that many Pac 12 running backs. He is an underrated. He's definitely in the conversation. Well,
1: you got um, Zach Moss from Utah. You have, you know, Benjamin Arizona State. There's some pretty good running backs in Pac 12, and he's probably not getting looked that close enough as he should be.
0: Yeah, and they've got, you know, a lot of key pieces coming back on the back end of their defense, too, which I think could pose a pretty good test for the run and shoot, you know, obviously the big name to keep an eye on is Colin schooler.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 21 and a half tackles for loss last year. I
1: think it was pretty good.
0: Right. As well as three and a half sacks, two interceptions, four pass breakups, yada, yada, yada. He's pretty good. And Jace Whitaker, who missed all last year with injuries, he's also coming back. He had 13 pass breakups two years ago. So it's going to be a wildly entertaining game.
1: You know what? Hawaii's going to win. Stupid upset pick. Hawaii warriors are going to win this game. Calling
0: it. I mean, I think it'll definitely be a back and forth affair. Points, but but I think that Arizona is ultimately going to pull it out.
1: They might, they could. I just think Hawaii can get this game. It's for home opener. Arizona's to travel, obviously across the ocean. There, I, I I just think with Khalil Tate being inconsistent a lot last year, a little bit, I think it'll be a reason Hawaii could win this one. All right. Then they uh, they get a bye week, which is fine. Sure, they play host a- Oregon State, which what is there to say? They're going to beat Oregon State handily.
0: They're going to beat Oregon State, but I think this also has the potential to be a, another shootout.
1: What do you like at Oregon State, then? What do they got?
0: You know what? What I've noticed, and this is just like a, a symptom of maybe being on Twitter too much or something
1: like that. Not possible. Pro
0: Football Focus seems to love Oregon State's playmakers in the passing game. And it's, it's maybe worth noting that if Jake Luton is healthy, he wasn't too bad last yeah. year. You know, 10 mm-hmm. touchdowns, 4 interceptions, he completed 62% of his passes. You know, he's back. They've got a, a, a guy who nearly ran for 1,400 yards himself as a freshman last year in Jermar Jefferson. He's back. He had almost 6 yards carry. And they're only missing one of their – I'm just going to go down the list. Like, one <laughs> among the guys who had at least one target last year – all but one of them are coming back. They got Isaiah, Isaiah, Hod- Isaiah Hodgins Hodges, second is team really good.
1: Preseason Pac-12 this year, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah.
0: Trevon Bradford is also pretty good himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and maybe they're missing a little bit of the explosive element, but that's something that you know Hawaii is still going to need to be mindful of, especially with that duo on the outside. And they have so
1: really quick, running back Jimmer Jefferson, second team All Pac-12. So they have some offensive weapons. So there could be points, but I. Maybe I just don't trust Arizona State. I mean, see me um, Oregon State, but I think it'll be fine.
0: I mean, I think Hawaii's going to win this game, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to have to outscore Oregon State to do it.
1: Also, I'm going to throw some shade at PFF. You know how you said they're great at the playmaking capability. They also said New Mexico State's defense was really good last year. Yeah, <laughs> they could mess up every now and then, but that's okay. Fair. Point that out right. to help out our, fair. our Hawaii fans here. All right, so next we have at Washington. Probably not going to be close at all because Washington – Or were they with the coaches' pulse today? Were they a top-five team? Uh, no, 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 not top-five. Sorry. No, they were 13. I apologize. 12 or 13.
0: I don't have that in front of me.
1: I looked at it earlier because he had, or had Oregon and Washington right next to each other. So I don't know why I said top-five. They, they probably will be at some point. But I think Washington's defense is usually pretty good. Here's what they have with Jake Fromm being the new – or, excuse me, not Fromm, but Eason, their starting quarterback. He hasn't really played too much since Georgia. He's coming into town. He'll be or playing this game, obviously, not coming to town. They're going to Seattle for this one. But a newish quarterback who hasn't played in a while. This will be a huge struggle, clearly. I'm not picking Hawaii to win, but the defense will be tested. But I think they, they will be able to score some points against Washington because who sees this type of offense? It's their first road game of the year as well, so there's that to consider as well for Hawaii.
0: Well, I mean, Washington by defensive S&P Plus was fourth in the country last year. Yeah, so
1: year. really good, like we said.
0: <laughs> they were insanely good on defense last year, but they are also having to replace a ton of production. You know, Greg Gaines has gone off the defensive line. He was their leading tackler on that unit last year, and they're replacing a pair of linebackers in Ben Burke, Kirvin and, and Tevis Bartlett. They're replacing, what, five, or excuse me, four of their top five tacklers in the secondary. Mm-hmm you know, most of those guys went to the NFL draft. And so I think there's going to be a lot on the plate of the guys coming up behind them to replace them. But I honestly don't think this is going to be close. I think the talent advantage is going to carry Washington to a win.
1: Also really quick out of the PAC 12 uh, media day, two deep. They have just, if I'm correct in on here, one player on the two, two deep on defense. That's defensive back. Miles Bryant. All right, then that just, just so you know, then offense, uh, they've been Hunter Bryant tight end. So, and, and, and two offensive linemen, so that'll be difficult for them. I think they can maybe score some points, and make it sort of interesting. But I think you're right. Maybe if it's within like 17 points, that'll be considered a decent showing. Yeah,
0: that's fair.
1: They'll beat they'll beat Central Arkansas. I, too bad, to not at that purple and gray field on the road there in um, Central Arkansas, wherever they play. But it's a win.
0: Oh, they have a purple field.
1: Purple and yeah, purple and gray field. Central Ar- Arkansas Bears, yeah.
0: That's
1: pretty cool. There you go. Then they go to Nevada, the first conference game of the year. It's going to be on some sort of ESPN network there in Mackey Stadium. When we talked about a Nevada preview, we still don't know who the quarterback it is. Even now, people like Malik Henry to lead the way. Possibly, I have this as a loss partly because it's on the road, and Nevada has a great home field advantage. We we know what Jay Norville's running to there, and Talatua, running back, he's I've heard he's pretty good, and he'll probably shred this Warriors defense. And I think it'll be close. It'll be another exciting game. I think that road element in Reno will be too tough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you if you take a step back and you look at the beginning of non-conference play, if Hawaii's going to reach their ceiling, they're going to have to get off to a fast start because you know, you go at Nevada and then you have a bye and then you go at Boise State.
1: And then host and, Air Force. You know, even,
0: even with the week off, yeah, and, and they also host Air Force. So even with the week off, that's about as tough a stretch as any team is going to face a conference play anywhere in the conference
1: i have them going zero and three in that stretch Uh,
0: yeah i mean i hate to say i mean i think that nevada is definitely one of those winnable games
1: i think air force at home is as well possibly but not as much
0: and i yeah i mean i definitely think you're right it's gonna be it's one of those things where it's it's really hard you know there's a lot of coin flip games and maybe Mm -hmm. it's worth noting that by s&p plus it's not they're not giving Hawaii terrible odds against the Wolfpack. It is 36%, which is you know, maybe a touch low. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have that Falcons game at 51%. Mm-hmm. So it could be a, a very close call when all said and done.
1: Yeah, for sure. And there'll be some good games. It, it, we'll see what happens. But if I think they can go 1-3. If I'm going to pick one game, it's going to be Nevada. See,
0: I think that I would take Air Force.
1: Just because it's at home?
0: Yeah, because I think that they... I think they showed that they know how to play against a ball control team. And one of the things that Air Force has struggled with, which we've talked about on their podcast more at length, is just the fact that they've given up big pass plays for several years now. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that Hawaii can do, it's create a big play in the passing
1: game. It's true. So yeah, while, I, while yeah. I do have
0: it as an Air Force win, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Hawaii actually did steal that one at home.
1: I can say, it too, I just think the front end's easier than after playing those teams. Yeah. So then you go to New Mexico, come on, victory. Um, that's, that's a fun. win, yeah. Fresno State, I picked that as a win at home. It's going to be— I have that one as a loss. It's a bold pick for me, for sure. Um, when What they did last year, I should have that in front of me. But when Fresno plays, like we know what the defense can do— I just maybe it's just me being a bit higher or bullish and that's maybe not the best pick to make because it's at home, which gives them that advantage clearly. It's after New Mexico, which should be an easier competition to go up against, but that Fresno State defense is we know it's still gonna be fine even losing like Jeff Allison, one or two other guys. They got plenty of people back there. Secondaries experience. You heard what we talked about in our show last last um, whenever we did Fresno. But then again last year it was fifty to twenty. You know what I mean? So it's like, what am I doing here?
0: (laughs) I mean, they hung around for a little while against the Bulldogs' defense. And, you know, because they are replacing so much on that defense, Mm -hmm. you could make the argument that maybe they catch them a little more by surprise just because there are so many new pieces coming into the starting lineup. But then, you know, you would have said the same thing last year, and that went sideways after about a quarter and a half.
1: I would say this. Fresno is it's not going to be as good, and like the the difference between these two teams are a touch closer than last year, yeah. So it's it's kind of a gut feeling a little bit. And like I don't I don't think either of us would you be too surprised if Hawaii were to win this one?
0: Uh, I mean, a little bit, yeah. But then again, I'm pretty optimistic about Frozen. There's being that too.
1: But to so. <laughs> well, I just think, that talent. I just, like you've heard me before, year two, of this run and shoot should be pretty good. So, yeah. This is a bold pick, but probably more bold than my Arizona pick, despite them having the exact same odds in this game of percentage 31%. So, San Jose State, victory, right? Yeah. At UNLV, I, it's for the Golden Pineapple. I mm-hmm. have this as a loss. So did I. That's right. Be, partly because if, I don't remember what we said in the Rebel podcast. Maybe we should go back and listen to it to see what we said exactly. But I think for me it depends on uh, Armani Rogers' health. If he's healthy, they could be overachieve what we picked at 3-9. and nine. Yeah. Which So this would be their biggest win of the year, which is kind of shocking a little bit. But it's on the road. These teams are rivals. They played for a while. And you we know UNLV has potential. But just overall, it's just it's a road game for Hawaii. They don't play well in the mainland for the most part. And so – wasn't there something we mentioned real quick? I know we're going to finish really quick. Wasn't there some stat you mentioned, like Mountain Division road teams they haven't beaten, like, forever last year? Do you remember that?
0: Oh. <laughs> it was something pretty yeah.
1: extreme, like one or zero wins uh, against – but this is a West Division team, so. All right, let's just wrap up. We don't need to dive into that. So the, yeah, was, I don't remember that. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember. We kind of vaguely do. But San Diego stayed at home, it's going to get another victory because um, – I don't like the Aztecs as much this year. Is that a good enough reason?
0: Well, I think if we're going to be more specific, yeah, we should. I'm lukewarm on their offense's ability to keep up with the defense. Even if the defense is a little bit better at slowing down the passing
1: game than they were in last year's matchup,
0: I just don't really see the path forward.
1: Because, you know, Ryan Agnew and all, right? If, he
0: gave, if you gave me a choice between Ryan Agnew and Cole McDonald, then I would oh, take Cole McDonald.
1: Give me... <laughs> I, I, Whether Agnes near the bottom of my quarterback pecking order at the moment. So go check out my QB uh, post-spring power rankings, which will update after week zero. Yeah, after week zero. Prepare to get over again. Yeah, so we'll see. Whatever. All right, Army. Overrated. Can we see Army's going to be overrated this year?
0: Yes, we can.
1: They are getting votes in the first coaches poll, which is – here's the thing. They're going to be a pretty good team, I think, a solid team, but I think most of it's based off of last year. They're not a top twenty-five team. No, they're not. Um, they, I know we talked about it before, but didn't they lose their starting quarterback? Uh,
0: I, I thought Kelvin Hopkins
1: was coming back. Maybe we should double check on the fly here. But here's the thing: it's been a while since we talked about the Black Knights. Their schedule outside of Michigan is extremely soft. And here's the thing: we it's similar to Air Force. Their talent may not be there to other teams, but the way their offense goes, you're going to be a, a teams are going to hate playing against them because the. Triple option, they do more traditional option. They do is very difficult to defend. So, even like when they play Michigan, um, yeah, he's a senior this year, he'll be back Kelvin Hopkins, which is huge for them. So, here's the thing even though they're a senior, they um, talent may be there, they don't have as they're not whoever they're playing, maybe overmatch top 10 team, top five team, they're going to give Michigan a game for a little bit. But here's the thing oh, yeah. it's end of the season, that surprise is sort of gone. Hawaii's already have played Air Force, which is a similar style. And who knows what New Mexico will do, because they may bring that element back a tiny bit. But I think overall Army, it's looking at last year, it's two contrasting styles. This was a pretty exciting game last year, if I recall, when they played. It was.
0: Hawaii got down to the 11-yard line on their last mm drive, but couldn't close the deal. Couldn't
1: quite get it done. And if
0: you go back and look at post-game win expectancy, just based on on Bill Connolly's five factors, they were 93% to win that game, and they lost
1: it. (laughs) That's brutal. But yeah, it's like Army. Like they, yeah, they have guys who are coming back and all that stuff, but they lose talent on their team. And I, maybe it's the running back of the game, I'm checking right now. No, they have their uh, yeah, out, yeah, to that's what it was. That's who's got yeah, Wolf. had four, 14 TDs, but there'll be guys who step up and take that place and be fine. There'll be that guy. Here, here's
0: the it. difference to me. There's actually two big
1: differences. Defense? One, this
0: game is at home this time.
1: Yeah, that's a, you're not playing that 6 a.m. local kick against Army.
0: Two, that Army defense is not going to be as good this year as it was last year because they were replacing a ton of production. Fact. And, oh, by the way, that defense last year in this particular game gave up eight yards per play. If Hawaii can do that again, they're going to win this game going away.
1: So you think it'll be an easy victory for the Warriors?
0: I think it'll be a fairly easy win, yeah.
1: I think it'll be a good, like maybe, it'll be sort sort of close because, that like I so said, makes offense makes it difficult against some teams, so... To wrap up here, I have them at eight and five going to a bowl game. Remember, they only need seven wins to go to a bowl game, and if they are bowl eligible outside of going to a New Year's Six game, they are going to be at home.
0: I have them at six and seven. No, oh. three and five in
1: conference. Oh, my conference record, really quick, three uh, four wins in conference.
0: But again, this is the kind of this is the kind of team where it's not going to take much for them to make a huge impact in the conference race.
1: Yeah, it's just three game stretch.
0: Like I, I'm I, at the moment, I'm feeling more optimistic about teams like you know Nevada and Air Force mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But those are games that Hawaii could definitely win.
1: Like if I'm being super optimistic, I could have Hawaii ten and three, beating mm-hmm. be, here's why beating UNLV, and then beating one of those three: In Nevada, Boise, Air Force. No, I get that. But then again, I also have Arizona, which is kind of out on the limb a little bit as well. And Fresno too, and so really, maybe eight five is fine. Compensating those two, Arizona and Fresno could swap out for UNLV and say at Nevada. I guess we'll find out. We'll see. But I, I
0: but you I, know what? What's what? One promise. What is it? They're going to be super fun to watch all season
1: long. I'll promise something else. I'll promise a bowl game. Okay. Does that does uh, Nick Rolovich come after me for that? Because he did come at us on Twitter about something karaoke, but would we'll not elaborate or give us a clip of what he does. So.
0: That's very disappointing. Hey,
1: Coach Rolovich, if you're listening, which please be listening, let him know. I predict you to a bowl game, which means I would like a thirty-second, no, let's do it fair, fifteen-second clip of you doing what you want to do on. He did the grease song, I think. What what he said on Twitter?
0: That's what he said.
1: Send us was it Summer Love, right? Yeah. Give us a ten-second clip of Summer Love for me predicting you to a bowl game. Is that fair trade? Yeah, I think so. All right, so we got to wrap it up here really quick. Um, I think we answered the questions. If not, we'll do in our big preview because we got to go tonight. Sorry, folks, about questions. But Raj, they're going to the bowl game. I'm calling it. So you can sign it Matt and whatever. I don't care. All right, MWR.com is our website. Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram occasionally with our top 52 countdown this year. And we have one more preview left. It's Boise State. And we, we can now say, Matt, it's football month.
0: Thank goodness.
1: It is here. And we'll be back next time to talk um, Boise State. We'll see you, folks.